0: Irene Wallace of the Cork City Fire Brigade, at the very young age of 20, back in 1995, was the very first female firefighter to join the Cork City Fire Brigade. Irene followed in her mum's footsteps, as her mum Patricia, who is in her 80s, is the longest-serving member of St John's Ambulance Service in Ireland. Irene was blessed with the genes to protect, prevent and respond, You are so very welcome to go do you, Irene. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me this morning. Thank you for inviting me. Not at all. It's a pleasure. An interesting point, um, Irene, that I mentioned briefly there in my introduction was about being the first female firefighter in the Cork City Fire Brigade. In a recent radio interview with the author Anne Enright, she made a very interesting point about when she is ever asked about being or whenever any woman is asked about being the first female anything, it's nearly demeaning to her achievements. And she described it as the long insult. Because it shouldn't make any difference what sex we are. Our achievements are our achievements. Full stop. How do you feel about that? Because I'm sure you're asked that question a lot
1: about being the first female. Doesn't bother me in the slightest anyway. To be perfectly honest with you, um, I'm honoured to have been the first a female firefighter with Cork City Fire Brigade. Yeah. Um, I'm honoured to have served the people of Cork for as long as I have done. Uh, there's another girl has come in since then, only oh, last year. Oh, good. And she passed out uh, only about three weeks ago. Okay, So brilliant. we have another female in the fold now as well. So being the first female, as I said, it, it was an honour and a privilege to be the first. And, and I do believe I kind of moulded the way... Other females going forward to enter the service, you know.
0: Good woman. Yeah. Um,
1: there was other girls in Dublin. Got in in '94. Two two colleagues of mine in Dublin Fire Brigade, and since then those other females gone into a Limerick, to in Limerick, and we Chanel in Waterford. Um, and then we have a lot of retained female firefighters around the country as well, nationally, you know. Oh, brilliant. So we are multiplying. Ah, good, I'm <laughs> glad to hear it.
0: Did you always want to be a firefighter, Irene? And if so, where do you think that passion
1: and that clarity came from? OK, so the answer is no. Okay. <laughs> I didn't always want to be a firefighter because, number one, back in the, so I was born in 74. Um, back in the 80s, firefighters were seen as men, Yeah, firemen. So, it was never really on my radar. Okay. Um, I joined St. John's at the age of 11.
0: Wow. And
1: my both parents were in St. John's, actually. My my mother and my father and my grandfather, actually, was in St. John Ambulance as well. Wow. And it was inbred to us as a child. Uh, first of all, I was brought to every competition as a casualty. <laughs> I was dragged nationally around Ireland. <laughs> oh my god! As a casualty, that was our weekend's away, and both my two eldest sisters. Uh, I'm the youngest of three girls, and they, we were all in St John Ambulance. It was it was a family,
0: oh, yeah. It was a
1: family commitment really that we had, you know. Um, and I suppose I loved the first aid side of things. Okay. And I really enjoyed it, and I went on to become a cadet, and I went down to do competitions myself. But I wanted more than just first aid okay so, for me, it was the army actually is what I always oh. wanted to go to, and I went for the army twice, okay, and I never got in oh, I wasn't no. successful and um I joined civil defense and I was a very practical person you know um academically I wasn't so much as it was more practical in talking would be my my um forte really so um I Like that, I I went for the fire brigade. It was, I would join civil offence at the age of uh, 16. Okay. So I was kind of seen as a bit of a defector really from St. John's. I was the first in my family to leave St. John's and join civil offence. And at the time, St. John's and civil offence would do joint exercises. And they did more, like they had the auxiliary fire service. They had a rescue section. They had the casualty section first aid. They had a welfare section. And I wanted the overall picture. Okay. I didn't want to be just stuck with first aid, even though first aid is fantastic and it's life-saving. But I wanted more than just that. And I joined Civil Offence and I loved it. And it was a big stepping stone as well for me with St. John's to get to fire service because it was teamwork orientated. You had to do tasks, you had to know your limitations, you know. You had to get on with people. You had to take the knocks. And we were called out for a few, um, at the time, you know, a few call-outs, people missing uh, I went into the boats as well okay. in 1994. They did it, I did a week in the Navy actually. Oh. So I was one of the first girls ever in the Navy before the Navy took you're, on women. You're
0: breaking moulds all over the place.
1: Uh, and <laughs> I did a course with um, civil defence instructors and the Navy. The Navy actually trained us and I learned to be a rescue uh, technician on the boats oh, and oh to actually gosh. operate the boats for search and rescue. Yeah, yeah. And that was a big instrumental part to me then going for the fire service as well. So the fire service advertised. Yeah. In '94, and a lot of lads I had been in civil defence, but had gone and in the intake in 1990. Okay. And they said to me, "Would you not go apply?" Yeah. And I was saying, "There's no girls in the fire brigade." Like, and they were like, "But there's girls in England, and yeah, yeah. they might take, might take girls if you're good enough. You'll get it. If you're not, you won't." Yeah, yeah. There's not? a standard there. So um, I was very fit at the time. Now I was 20. I used to do a lot of a bit of running. I was big into soccer. Uh, I did Love martial that. arts. Um, you know, I played camogie, so I was very, very fit and um, I was wet up for the challenge, so I went for it. Um, well done, you. Yeah, and in 1995 then I was successful and I went into my recruit training and up to today I've never looked back really. Oh wow. And I do believe it was the army's last now because yes, I would be retired 21 years in and I've 27, 28 years served now in, in the fire service. Wow, I And mean. I still have a couple of years to go. Well done, so oh. other than the army then was there
0: was there anything else you could have seen yourself doing as a child, or was that kind of all? was it
1: always the Army, yeah, and it's actually gas even to today, like you know you will be laughing, I suppose people are also like i kind of fold away my clothes a certain way uh, <laughs> it's just uh, inbred into yeah, me yeah yeah nothing you know, wrong with that I have my wardrobe a certain way <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit of a neat freak that way like sure when we were walking you know.
0: into the the studio here today Irene was looking around and she was looking at all the fire equipment and the doors and it's just inbred in you isn't it just, it's just natural it's yeah. just
1: natural yeah yeah, I yeah. Love it.
0: it's just the natural thing yeah So when you were recruited in 95, Mm -hmm. as we mentioned, you were the only girl. Was that intimidating when you started? Or was it actually nearly making
1: you more motivated to be the very best that you could be? Yeah, it was both really because I was very lucky. Um, There was uh, two other recruits with me. had been with me in civil offence. So we were in civil offence together. So we knew each other and we knew like our strengths and our weaknesses and we started as recruits together. And um, we're still very good friends to this day. One oh, of them brilliant. actually called out to me yesterday. Like, they're like my brothers, you know. Ah. Yeah, I'm very close with them all. And um, we we started. And on day one, you know, I was the first girl in. Yeah, I always felt I had to do twice as good
0: Okay. to be taught half as good. Yes, because that's what I was getting at. Okay. Because I was hoping that wasn't the case, but it, it's, it was, it's natural. It was. I always
1: felt that way, yeah. you know. Um. Back in 1995, you know, I suppose a lot of the lads at the time, they were unsure. Yeah. As I would understand now, could I have rescued them out of the building if they had collapsed? Is she strong enough? Will she is be able she to strong do this? Enough? Yeah, yeah, is she yeah. mentally strong as well, which is a, a, a big one. You know, am I physically enough strong? Have I got what it takes? And I understand that today now, you know. Yeah. Um, and I had to prove myself to them. Okay. And after a certain period of time, they knew well that I was going to drag him out of the building. They knew well, you know, we were going to work together as a team. They knew I was going to go into the car. They knew I was going to go into the river. Yeah. And they knew, and I wouldn't question it, you know. So it it built up after time. The trust was built. We had to, it's like any, I suppose, team, whether it be football team, soccer team, rugby team, somebody new coming in, it takes a while to build up a bit of trust. But there's just so much at stake, I suppose, here. Correct, yeah.
0: Wow, Irene, well done. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what a regular day for you would be when you're on duty?
1: Yeah, so every day, every night shift, every 24 shifts, different. Okay. Okay, so by day we have what's known as a daily routine. So we start at 0900. Okay. Okay, and we take over duties at 0900. So currently I'm the station officer now. Um, I'm serving up in Ballavalan Fire Station, okay, for the last number of years. So at 0900 I come in and make sure that the crew... I have my full crew to turn out for the day. So from 9 to 10, what we do is we check the appliances. So whether it be, say, the fire engine, the water tender, the rescue tender. um, In Anxia Street, now they check the cardiac unit. So every bit of equipment has to be 100% ready for the run. Okay. So if there's anything, say, has been used from the night shift before, it has to be replaced, or if there's anything been... um, Reported as broken or defective, right? And we have to look into that and change that. Or if there's any issues with any of the trucks or any bit of equipment that has to all be looked at and changed. Okay. So from nine to ten, outside turning out to calls, our onus is on getting the gear ready. Okay. From ten until eleven, it's what's known as the station after discretionary period. So again, if they were busy the night before, might be filling cylinders from B.A. Wares. It might be changing out first aid equipment. It could be cleaning the trucks. Might be cleaning around the station. You know, it depends. 11 o'clock then is our official meant to be tea break. But again, if we get a call, we wouldn't get the tea break. So, and then 11.30, we go on a daily training routine. So our third officer, um, Jorain, he's our brigade training officer currently at the moment. He sends out a syllabus to us and the syllabus then is what's training every day. So it might be road traffic accident training. It could be river rescue training. It could be breeding apparatus training. Uh, We normally do first aid on a Monday or Tuesdays mainly for first aid. So again, we follow our training regime then from half 11 to 1. Okay. And we do that outside going to calls now as well. If a call comes in, then that kind of is deferred to later stage. And then we go on our lunch and then two o'clock we go training again. Okay. Two to half three. And how then, many of you would be
0: in, say, Bellevilland station? So at now. the moment,
1: there's seven of us. Okay. Okay. And we'd be a very busy station. So it's one pump, one fire engine out there. And then we're backed up with another minimum of uh, 14 firefighters inside Nancy Street and six officers. So in total, okay. there should be, you know, there should be 19 firefighters and minimum of six officers on at all time okay. to protect the city. Um, and then we, we go through. So, like, say if we get new stretchers in, we got recently now a new combi board. So we all have to go through that then at four o'clock. Every one of us must know how to operate it, what it can hold you know, the way how to use it. So we have to, what's known as we explain how it works, we have to demonstrate how it works, we have to imitate it so people practice it, then we practice. So we might get mannequins and practice with that. Then at night time, our shift then is we might go out and do a bit of pre-incident planning. like So like that, coming to different buildings, having a look around, to know, new buildings, especially in, in Cork City, or new um, residential areas. Okay. So, because Google Maps mightn't have the updated stuff, so we have to check out our, what's known as our territory, really. Yeah. So that if we get a call, we know exactly where we're going. And that's how we go on then at night shift. And then Saturdays are the same, Sundays are the same, you know. Wow. So that's it's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> so it's <laughs> yes. busy outside yeah. the calls. <laughs> yeah, of <laughs> you course.
0: Know? Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. And,
0: Irene, uh, the... The feeling, I can't imagine, but the feeling of saving a life. Yeah. How rewarding that must feel. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Um, The feeling about saving a life. I suppose it's kind of like, it's not just me, really. It's the team, you know? Yeah. Okay. So it's not just an individual feeling. It's the feeling that we all get. Together. So like, whether it be a fire, a road traffic accident, a river rescue. So... We say we get to the incident, you know, we'd have to look at the risks associated to the incident. We'd have to deploy the teams in. Teams come out then, we say, with a potential casualty. We treat them at the scene with our first aid. Mm -hmm. And then we'd more than likely send them off in an ambulance, okay, Okay. which we work very closely with our colleagues from the HSE and the guards and the Coast Guard. And then we we sometimes wait for news back. Okay. So there might be a couple of hours where we're kind of tense because we're not really sure... Has this person survived? You know, they were might have been critical when they were with us or they could be stable or whatever. And we're waiting. And then once we get the news back, we're all elated then, well, you know? yeah. It's a general feeling of, and we always debrief as our calls as well. Okay. That's one thing about us, like we're always, the minute we get into the truck, the minute we go back to the station, like that, we sit down. If it's a very bad call, we have a cup of tea and we'd normally make toast as well to go with it. And we say, right, what went right for us? We have a debriefing system within in the brigade as well. We have a policy of a debriefing system. So we say, what went right? What went wrong? Okay. What could we have done? What couldn't we have done? What would we do if if, if the incident happened? now? would we change something we did? Yeah. What do we, we do try well? To, what do we do well? What do we need to look at? Again, it could be you know a pair of cars on either side. We might not have been able to get down. Mm-hmm highlight the people, you know, not to park cars on either side to make sure there's always access for fire engines and ambulances, oh, yes, you course, know. Yeah. Just make people aware, really. So again, we just look at what we've done. So those couple of hours might be intense. Mm. And in fairness, we have a good rapport with the ambulance service and they'd normally come back to us via they'd either ring me or they'd send well, less message to the lads and they'd say, Look, that person's you yeah. know, they're they're gonna make a recovery. Oh, and then God. we're yeah. delighted with that then, you know. So that's our day. I <laughs> <that's laughs> nearly That's our day
0: Thinking and putting myself in <laughs> yeah. that spot, just waiting to hear. But I suppose you do it so often you get used to it. But yeah, it must be very rewarding,
1: Irene. Oh my God. Yeah, well, it is. It's it's a good day when we save lives. Yeah, of course. It's a sad day when we don't. Yeah. But yeah. we try our best for every call. You know, unfortunately, sometimes there are lives there that are beyond saveable. Yeah. You know, they've perished before we got there. Yeah. That's a hard day then, you know. Yeah. Course. And we have to be there for each other, and we have to be the strength for each other. Yeah. And the most important thing is that we know we've done our best.
0: It must be hard, Irene, to switch off when you come home in the evening, is it?
1: It can be. Like we're very lucky, as I said already. Like everything in our job is team. Like, like, we're a job. That we never turn up on our own. Yeah. So true. with me and Bella Valan, like I'm on Judy tonight. No, there'll be seven of us at every call together. Okay. So we're strength in numbers. Yeah. So any call do we go to, if we have a bad call. And in particular, if somebody loses their life and it can affect us, I won't lie. Yeah, of course. We come back to the station, the same thing. We have tea, we have toast, we sit down, we talk about it. Some of us are visibly upset. Yeah. There are procedures in place where we have an employee assistance programme that we can make a phone call and ring and speak to somebody if we need to. Okay. Uh, there is our own peer counselling that we have that we talk to each other. Good. And we say, look, that was terrible. And we would be visibly upset, you know. Mm. Um And then the city council as well, you know, our lane managers, they would come to us and say, look, how are you? You know, our second officer is very good. He'd always come down and say, look, how are you? And do you need to talk to of These yeah. are the numbers and they would make us aware of it. But again, we hold each other up, you know? Yeah. And A lot of us have kids and stuff, so in particular, children affect us a lot, you know. Yes, and we hold each other up, and it's okay to be upset too, and it's yeah. okay to cry, yeah. It's okay to say why because we're only human at the end of the day, yeah. And it's okay, but as I'm bringing it home, I try not to bring it home, you know. Yeah. Um, I try not, I try my best to leave it at work. I'm grateful for what I have at home, like you know. Um, I did ha- you
0: mention to me that your two daughters are interested in getting uh, following the same path as you are?
1: Well, I don't know what same path. My eleven-year-old does say it a lot, but I don't know how I feel about that yes. yet. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> it is. It
1: can be a dangerous job in a <sighs> yeah. way. But um, they've both joined St John Ambulance. Oh um, wow! they both of them. They're my two girls. They're ten and eleven, and they've started. They're doing it's eight or ten week course at the moment. Brilliant. and Mary Devine and Lauren are the two girls that are teaching them and they were both Mary was, was one of my instructors when I was there and and she was went. above me and her sister was a with me, Gemma and we um, Mary is looking after them and they love it Ah brilliant and they were actually doing CPR last week and they came home I collected them and they were saying, oh, you know, mammy, it's 30 to 2. And I was like, really tell me now, as if I didn't know. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, I was letting yeah. on. I was like, show <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. where do you put them now? And yeah, yeah. they ran on about the have Pusque. And I was like, what's that again? Explain it to yeah, me. Yeah. Obviously, I know it. But I was like, yeah. oh, whoa. And they're very interested. Oh, and they, they really love it. And they're also doing Rookie Lifeguard as well on a Wednesday night. Oh, brilliant. So they loved the swimming and they love the pool. So they have a bit of first aid. They have a bit of life saving in the water. So...
0: Who knows? Sure, if they don't follow your path, they're great uh, strengths to have, aren't they? Well,
1: they're life skills, I believe, anyway, for any person, whether they follow the path or not. But they're individuals. If they want to do whatever they want to do, I'll support them, whatever they want to do. Of course, you just want them to be happy. I just want them to be happy. Exactly. exactly.
0: Um, So I just wanted to talk. In September 2020, Cork City Fire Brigade launched a new recruitment drive, which was the first since 2012. Is that right? Correct, yeah. Was it successful? Very successful. Oh, good.
1: Yeah. So we currently got in, um, there was 21 in training. So there was 18 recruits that we recently uh, took into Cork City. They're all now on shift. And we have five actually just started uh, last week as well. So that's why they have 23 in total. So we have 23 um, recruits in. So, well, the first 18 actually passed out so they're not recruits anymore. I can't call them that. They're actually fully fledged firefighters. And we have the other five are probationers now for the next year. Okay. So, it's a yeah. year of probation, is it? It's a year of probation. Okay. So I was involved in, I was one of the recruit instructors in 2020, 21. And we took in the 18 and we helped to train two from Waterford and one from Galway as well. And uh, it was intensive training for kind of the bones of a year, really. Okay. Um, so the first basic training was kind of, we'll say, it was eight, eight to ten weeks of basic training. So that's like ladders, hose, you know, just teaching them all about the basic skills okay. of firefighting. Uh, water, how water works, you know, um, hydrology, you know, going into, say, fires and stuff like that. Um, so then they went on then and they did their first aid, they went on, they did their BA training up in Bray. They did their road traffic accident training. They did their swift water rescue training. They did hazmat training, which is all specialised training. Okay. And they continued on. So it kind of went on for kind of, say, 14 weeks, in total, 14, 15 weeks. And then they came on shift. So we had five on my shift. So we had five probationers. And for the whole last year up to three weeks ago, those five were constantly going to calls. They were being mentored by a senior firefighter. They had books assigned to them. They had to go, like, a load of calls. They had to be checked every day like that. We did special exercises with them, special drills to make sure they were 100% confident. OK. And that, uh, you know, they were 100% happy with, with uh, the whole information around the fire service and how to adapt to different skills and, and Yeah, I ways. suppose
0: confidence is huge because if you make a decision, you have to go with it, don't you? You can't be... In the middle and, and questioning yourself and changing your mind, if if you make a decision, I suppose you just have to go with it, don't yeah, you? Yeah,
1: well, I suppose the brigade, like, it is kind of like military as well. So, like, as a station officer say, I would have to give them instruction, okay. OK? And I would have to say, look, you're going into this fire, you know, you're going in firefighting or you're going in search and rescue. You're. I want you to go into the left. I want you to go to the second level, I want you to see if there's casualties, report back. So they have to be able to follow instruction, take instruction, but they also have to know their own limitations. Okay. They have to know their own pressures in relation to their breathing apparatus. They have to know, again, is this, is the hot, the hot and humid atmosphere, is it too severe that they can't enter? Okay. Do so they have to withdraw? So they have to come out and report back to me, you know, and information is very important within us that we get the correct information back. Of course, yeah. And again, it's about teamwork. Yeah, and it's about they trust me, and I can trust them. them. Yeah, you know. And again, our common goal is really to save life, and once that's achieved, then it's a good day for us, and nobody gets injured. That's the most important thing. Like, good. And you know? Irene, if
0: I was say if I decided
1: now tomorrow that I wanted mm-hmm. to
0: be a firefighter, what would be the first thing I would need to do to start the process of of being recruited?
1: Okay, so my advice to be basically was that the last time they were doing aptitude tests so I suppose they're studying aptitude tests um, Can you study aptitude tests? I think so okay. I, I think you can yeah online okay. I know Dublin Firebill currently at the moment they're recruiting and there's preparation tests for that Oh very good Okay. So they've advertised that so you can then again fitness will be a big one as a recruit Yeah Um. So again just they, they do beep tests and stuff uh, for the recruitment so again just look at your fitness look at your weights you know know that you can lift a certain amount of weights, like, and again, and a positive mental attitude is the big one. Okay, it's not like people think in the fire service as well, you know, that oh, you must be one way or another, that you must be tall, you must be big, you must be blocky, you must be, yeah, but it's not. Everybody has a place in the fire service. Remember, there's small bathroom windows that we can get small oh, people yes. in through. yeah, okay. I oh, certainly wouldn't fit in that, okay. Yeah. So, small people can get in there. There are tall people. That can reach up certain levels. Okay. So you need tall people. So again, everybody. All shapes and sizes. All (laughs) shapes and sizes make the fire service. There's not one size fits all. Like everybody. And again, some people are fantastic. Their skills are for the river. Some people are fantastic at first. Some people love the first aid side of it. Some people love the road traffic aspect. So it's an all over. It's a diversity and range within a service. So it's an all over um skill okay. you know it's not just one so you might have a strength in the river you mightn't be as like the first aid as much but you can balance them out yeah yeah and it's again teamwork and everyone
0: helps each other like so if i was say if i was wanting to to start the journey who would i get on to
1: initially or what would
0: i need to do initially so if this is so the something?
1: city council will be advertising again for okay. recruits okay um there's a constant recruitment drive on uh, the promotional videos were launched that time in 2019. Okay. Um so again, just to keep an eye out on the city council website, um, or again, uh, they advertise it through the city council. And once they advertise, then it's about going through the process. So it's applying to the city council, applying to the fire service, and then there's a process of elimination of like that aptitude test, and then they're brought forward to physical tests. I know the last time there was a swim test as well. Okay. So people had to swim. And then you're brought through medicals, and in the meantime, then if you're if you're <laughs> waiting for
0: the 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 advertising or the recruitment to, to come about you can be working on your fitness
1: and your swimming yeah.
0: and your strength yeah okay
1: absolutely yeah because yeah, there's suitability tests and one of the suitability test was a memory test you know because as, as I said I was saying that earlier <laughs> Yeah. when you come into buildings or when you go into incidents it's very important that you can remember your way in your way out yeah. so if you come across one door to the left it's one door to the left if you come across a landmark as a dry razor I remember that dry razor if it's on my left going in it's on my right coming out Okay. So memory is an important part of the fire service. So memory, again, working on your memory, suitability tests like that. You're not afraid of heights. Yeah. So as part of suitability tests, we get climbing up ladders okay. and down ladders, you know. Um, so heights, again, swimming, claustrophobia, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's just about, again, teamwork. And to be a good team player is the big one.
0: Yeah, it's essential. I it's say. essential,
1: you know. Can you tell us, was there any obstacles
0: that came in your way along the way and how did you overcome them?
1: Um, no, as I said initially, kind of, it was, I had to do twice as good to be taught half as good. Yeah. But when I came in, I was so very lucky. I started an Amber watch, Um I started with four of the lads I trained with. So there was five of us went on the Amber watch shift together. Um, again, I had to gain trust for yeah. a long while from lads inside. So going into first, I was very, very lucky. I had a few people who went in the class ahead of me in 1990 and they actually knew me from civil offence, So they knew me. Okay, so he had a bit of a relationship. So he had a bit of relationship. And as well, you know, I was mad in sport. I was big in sport at the time. I was away playing soccer. You know, I was getting time off to do martial arts. I was competing and stuff like that. So the lads knew my form and they knew, I suppose, that, you know, I was kind of easy going in a way. Um, and as we went to calls, you know, I, I was always in the river, you know. Okay. Um, back in those days, in 95, we didn't have as much health and safety as we do now. Like we have suits now going into the river. We have control um, we've control measures now where we have a ab that will lower somebody into the water. Okay. You know, we're in, in our days all we had was a rope in our uniform. Okay. And we just jumped in. Yeah. You know, and people just had to hold on to the rope. So it was a bit different before, before health and safety came in. Um, as it is now, thank God. Yeah it The control measures easier, are there now.
0: Yeah. But well, not easy by any means.
1: was <laughs> was a little bit helpful. Yeah, but back then we did we didn't have as much knowledge that we have now, you know. We're okay. very educated now and We've, we have a lot of knowledge even about fires, backdrafts, flashovers. We learn so much all the time on our training. And then we go off, say, training. We go away to Bray every two years, mandatory training. Okay. And we do breathing apparatus training up there. We look at fire behaviour. We might do, again, hazmat, RTC procedures. So, again, we're constantly learning all the time and upskilling, you know. So, again, your initial question... No was the answer that I had many obstacles, but then yes, I suppose within myself, I probably did. Yeah. But down the road then, as I say, I went for promotion and I got every promotion, you know, that I went for. And then I went to courses and I love, you'll probably know by the podcast, I love talking and I talk all day. Yeah, I love it. And I I went nationally up and down the country doing courses as well, meeting people up and down. So I got great connections with people. Yeah. And I also went to the UK. And I did a course in the UK as well, oh, and brilliant. I'm still very friendly with people I was on the course with. You know, yeah, one yeah, girl yeah. actually texted me yesterday. Yeah. So like, you get great connections. Yeah, with which are people important as well. Yeah, you know, which are important. Like,
0: ah, uh, well, well done, uh, Irene. Um, I don't want to keep you too much long, but but I would love to hear what advice uh, you would have. For anyone, any of our Go Do You listeners that are saying, you know what, I think this might be for me. I think this might be something that I've been wanting to do for, for some time, but they're feeling a little bit intimidated. Yeah. Any advice you could give to them?
1: Yeah. So as I say to my girls, what you believe you can achieve. OK, it, why not try it? Try it, yeah. look, you know, go for it. Believe in yourself and try it. OK. It's, it's a job. It's like no other job. Um, it's an overall job so it's not you have first aid in it you have firefighting in it you have ladders in it you have the river in it you have road traffic accidents with it you have gone out to schools we have a fabulous school programme now yeah. you know and it's about educating children through prevention showing them how to do smoke alarms showing them you know about stop, drop and roll showing them about learning the air code okay it's about community fire safety it's about going out Teaching the elderly about smoke alarms yes, that the they wouldn't be must have, it is, air is code a big, is a big yeah. one, yeah, and again, okay. it's about like that going into schools, having fun with the kids we've a big we've we've only launched a new community fire service vehicle, and that shows now about different smoke alarms and it shows about smoking a house, what can happen, and you know again, education helps us with prevention, you know of course, and so there's so much like this people' are interested in chemicals, there's our hazmat. We do a lot. Of ha- we do hazmat incidents, so there's there's something for everybody. Yeah, and I, again, I can't emphasize: there is no shape or size, no one size fits all. Yeah. Everybody is different in the fire brigade. Everybody's unique. You're your own person. I love Liverpool. Other people in the fire brigade don't. <laughs> we'll get that out. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. are Man United fans. Okay, <laughs> so everybody is different. So you know, you you just have to you work with people in a professional manner. Everybody's different in there and you get the job done. And so you'll find the right fit for you. you find the yeah. right fit for you. So I would, you know, emphasise anybody, women, men, you know, aliens, anybody, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you're interested in something like that, you want a job that will challenge you. You want a job that, obviously, it'll make you feel fantastic on certain days. It yeah. might make you feel upset on other days that's life in general and it, it'll it teach you how to cope with that as well Yeah which is We have very, very good you know we have very good procedures in place that will teach you how to cope with life mm. and the most important thing about furbic is you're never on your own yeah, I we're always with somebody you know as I always say we come in a gang yeah, you know yeah, yeah. We, we'd often hear that from our colleagues mm-hmm. um, in HSE. you know they say here they come again <laughs> yeah, yeah, we come yeah. up in a big gang like <laughs> when we're walking oh, I love so it. we're never on our own you know yeah. and um, we, as I say, we got on great with the the National Ambulance Service we've great crack with them and Gardaí on and the Coast Guard and we're all one we're all emergency services we just have different elements to our job yeah. but at the end of the day God forbid if we have a national, you know, a natural disaster today, or if we had a big major incident, we all worked alongside each other. We're all one, we're yeah. all together. And I need the HSE, they need me, and we're all one together. Like, we're as just one unit. big team, yeah, as a unit,
0: you know. And it's, it must be a lovely feeling to have that feeling in your job, like in your work. There's not many of us who can go to our work every day and feel. Like such a close-knit team. It must feel lovely. Yeah, we are. We're a very close-knit team, you know. Can I ask you something, Irene, actually? Because I have mm-hmm. small kids as well. And mm-hmm. the air code reminded me of it there. So I've, mm-hmm. I've I've, taught my six-year-old the air code. Yeah. But you know when we were growing up, we were always told, like, pick up the phone and call yeah. 999 if there's yeah. an emergency. Yeah. So with the iPhones mm-hmm. for the kids you press the two buttons
1: and mm-hmm. then do the emergency. So that's what we need to be showing them, isn't it? You can do, yeah. You can. Or for me now like that, I don't know, my kids say wouldn't have access to phones only my own. So yeah. they. I've taught them 999 or 112. Yeah. Okay. I've always told them if the smoke alarms goes off in the house, leave the house. Mm. Like Nintendos and all their toys, they can be replaced. Yeah. Where children and people can't.
0: Exactly. Okay. Yeah.
1: So get out of the house, stay out until the fire brigade come out. Yeah. Okay, and again, the air code, and it's very important as well. I have my girls do it. Although my alarm goes off quite well because I'm a shocking cooker, so my smoke alarms go off fairly quite often. (laughs) So I don't really, but we test them every Tuesday, so we have a habit. So we have a test to Tuesday. We have that campaign within the fire service as well. So at home, you know, just get in with your kids, test the smoke alarms on Tuesday, make sure. And the big one coming up to Christmas is the lights. Sometimes Santa's elves forget um, batteries. Okay. And people are tempted to take smoke alarms out of batteries and oh, put them into yes. toys, yeah, yeah. So again, please don't take... Some of the newer alarms, they auto, have automatically ion batteries in them, so they're a 10-year battery, so they'll, they won't need to be uh, accessible, but some of the older batteries take the C battery. Okay. And people are... Te- the older alarms, so people are tempted to take the battery out, so please don't, don't take do the do batteries that. out of your alarms. Uh, but you have a lot of batteries for Christmas, and the other thing is, if you have Christmas trees, water them regularly... Yeah. Uh, with the lights now and as well candles, okay. make sure the candles are out before going to bed. Know your bedtime routine and close your doors as well Yeah, very before important. you go yeah, to bed, doors. you know. Um. Just lastly, Irene, I wanted to ask you, have you mm-hmm. any
0: kind of daily rituals that you do to help you personally with your mindset in such mm-hmm. a, an emotionally and physically challenging mm-hmm. job? Is there anything mm-hmm. that you do to help you?
1: Yeah, I kind of treat things really um, you know, so I suppose for me, like I'm on nights now tonight, so it's very important for me for a while now, I'll, I'll go home, walk my dogs, you know. Yeah. I kind of like to go for a bit of a walk in nature. Yeah. Just kind of get into my mindset. Yeah. You know, um, as well for me, I always kind of have a shower before I go to work. Okay. I always say I'm starting fresh. Yeah. You know, so just fresh mind. For me as well, I kind of like to change my clothes. So. Okay. I'll be going in later on in either jeans or tracks, whatever. And then when the uniform goes on, I'm in the job. Okay. In the morning, when I finish, the uniform comes off. And you're out. I leave the job behind. Okay. And I'll have a shower more than likely before I leave or once I get home. Okay. And I wash away the night, you know. That helps. And that helps me that I leave the job where the job should be and back. And obviously things, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. We could be very busy. We could be quiet. I don't know what kind of cause I'll encounter tonight but I will do my best tonight whatever happens. Of course. And you know we'll have each other as well. So tomorrow if I'm emotionally upset or whatever again I'll go for a walk my dogs. And I like to do swimming as well. So okay. I do a lot of swimming as well. I find it cools my head a small bit. Sea swimming or a swimming. So both. I did a good bit of sea swimming for the summer. Yeah. Not so much since the girls are back at school. I I find I I have so much to do at home.
0: Yeah, it's harder. Especially with this wedding.
1: (laughs) Or with the weather, I mean, sorry, (laughs) with the the weather because um, washing clothes and drying clothes are a bit of a nightmare at the moment. It's tricky. (laughs) So trying to balance everything. So I'm back in the pool at the moment now, you know. um, And I do a lot of spinning as well. I have a, a good pal of mine. She's a spin instructor and I normally go spinning. And I find uh, the spinning gets the madness out of my head. Yeah, I love it. God, you're nearly bringing out your aggression you, on the pike. You going it to, out. Yeah, well, I, as I said, it's, it's not even aggression. It's more, I suppose, emotional kind of... Just to get out any kind of, I suppose, gremlins in my head, really. Yeah. And yeah. it gets it out and I, I go for a swim then after that, you know. Well, Irene, I want to thank you on behalf of all of us in yeah. Cork
0: City and around for your service and your dedication and we really appreciate you and your colleagues. And thank you so much for taking
1: the time to talk to me on Go Do You. No bother, and thanks very much for having me. And as I said, apply for the Fire Brigade, it takes all. Thank you.